like you to take your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews this morning. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Titled my study this morning is Run Your Race with Patience. Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Our theme for this month is a focus on victory. To be passionate for Christ and to be passionate for Christ means that I will endeavour to live my life in victory. Note here in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. It reads, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's bow for prayer. O God in heaven, we are grateful for the opportunity to worship this morning. We are thankful for this hymn that we've just sung, that faith is the victory. And I pray, O God in heaven, that each one here this morning would have an understanding of what it means to place our faith in our victor, Jesus Christ, as Saviour and Lord. In his precious name we do pray, Amen. The Christian life in the Scriptures is likened to a number of sporting events, such as running. And the title of my sermon this morning is Run Your Race with Patience. In any event, there is always a winner and there are losers in the plural. That's usually how it works. In Jesus Christ, because of the gospel of salvation, the good news of salvation that Jesus Christ died, was buried and rose again, we have been crowned victorious in Christ. We are victors in Christ. And because we are crowned victors in Jesus Christ, we noted the other week that the Bible teaches us that we need to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. So Jesus Christ has given us the victory and because we are victors in Christ, death has no longer a stronghold on your life or my life. We understand that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that sting of death is of no avail to us because in Christ we are victorious. And because we stand on victory ground and because we have been crowned Victors, we are to be steadfast, consistent, unmovable, fixed, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, reflecting the fact that we are victors in Christ. But also we are to run our race, the race that God has set before us. Note there at the end of verse 1 it reads, run with patience the race that is set before us. Nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win when it comes to any competitive event. Some of us are a little bit more competitive than others, but at the end of the day, we all like to be a winner. Nobody wants to be a loser. And in Jesus Christ, you are a winner. You are victorious. And God calls you and I to run our race with patience. When we read the scriptures, it's important that we place the scriptures in their context. And the Bible has a lot to say about uh, sporting events, about running, uh, about uh, boxing, uh, about fighting. Uh, so we need to be mindful that when we read the scriptures, there is a context behind uh, what the author uses to convey spiritual truth. So there is such a thing as a physical race. But yet the Bible gives us the analogy that we are to run a spiritual race. That Jesus Christ has placed us on a track and he has given us an event to run, a race to run. So how can we run that race with patience? Well, the background to the New Testament, uh, there is a lot of uh, Greek culture uh, that the New Testament is embedded in. You've got the Greeks, you've got the Romans, and we have the coming of Christianity in that setting or upon that stage. Sporting, events, competition, games was a big deal within the Greek culture. And as I've just said, nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win when it comes to any sportive competitive event. And we have within the ancient Greek culture a god. They had a god, small g, of course. They had a god that people looked to for victory. If you really wanted to win, if you really wanted to be competitive and win uh, that event that you're involved in, then you would worship this God. This would be one of the gods you would worship. Now, this God we see is uh, illustrated for us here. This is a, uh, a sculpture of this God taken from Ephesus. We had the privilege of being in Ephesus uh, the other month or so. And uh, note with this God, it has wings. Bear that in mind. It's a winged God. It's not only a winged God, it's a female God. Okay, so you've got to worship this female goddess that has wings and note that she has her hand extended, uh, her far left hand extended and it might not be awfully clear to you but it is in real life, I can assure you of that. She's holding a crown, a wreath, a crown. So this is 
the victor's goddess. And, and if you really wanted to be victorious, then you would worship this goddess. And her name is, you might be familiar with this name, Nike. Nike. The goddess Nike. Nike was the winged goddess of victory. Hence, Nike shoes. Okay, you want to win? Well, you know what brand of shoes you need to uh, invest in. So, Nike was the winged goddess of victory. And athletes that wanted to win worshipped her. They worshipped her. So, we see her holding a wreath, a victor's crown. She has wings. She's a female holding that victor's crown. And, and if you worship Nike, then you will be victorious. At least that's the, that's the idea. And, uh, and this is an example of uh, Nike giving victory to a Roman emperor by the name of Augustus. Um, Augustus here stands victorious, and if you note there on uh, the far side there, Nike, there she is making the presentation. See her wings in the background? Her arm is up. She's actually crowning Augustus the king. Okay, now between Nike and Augustus the king, note there on the ground is an individual. That's the defeated enemy. He's defeated, okay? And on his head is a trophy. You know what a trophy is. It's a wooden stump with metal on it. Trophies. Uh, and, uh, and they've taken the armour off the defeated enemy. They've placed it on the trophy. We have trophies today, wood with metal on them, see? And uh, so you've got the enemy at the feet, and you've got a Nike there because she gave uh, uh, the emperor victory and Nike is crowning Augustus the king, uh, victor over his enemies. And of course, Augustus, you'll see there in the bottom corner, he's holding an eagle, an eagle. That's uh, King uh, Zeus or, or God Zeus's eagle. Uh, he is the father god. We'll talk about him in a, in a moment, a little bit more. So he's holding Zeus's eagle and he's been crowned victor over the enemies. So within the Greek culture, people wanted to be victorious. They so wanted to be victorious that they were prepared to worship Nike uh, and hoping that Nike would grant them the victory. So it's within this context that Paul wrote that we are victors in Jesus Christ. But thanks be unto God that gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. See, we are victorious in Christ and we stand on victory ground. So therefore we can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And because we are victorious in Christ, we can run that race that God has set before us. See, we are to run the race that God has set before us. And in doing so, we need to honour our God. We need to honour our Lord because He has set a course for each one of us. And if you are a Christian here this morning, 
God has given you a race to run. Okay? We are not competing one against another. We are competing, uh, we are running our race in honour of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now note then verse number 2, it reads, of Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Within the ancient Greek world, there were four main games that took place on a four-yearly cycle. Um, And these four events were at the same time religious festivals. They were competitive and they were religious at the same time. So all of them were competitive events, but all were religious festivals in honour of a god. Now this is a bronze sculpture of the god Zeus. Zeus. Zeus is the father god within Greek mythology. He is the, he's the big cheese. He's daddy. Uh, it's because of him we have all the other gods. He's the big boss. And uh, he is the god of thunder, lightning and rain and wind. And he is one of the gods that is honoured at one of these main Olympic events. And you might have uh, heard of this word before, Olympic. You might have heard of the Olympic Games. That might be familiar to some of us. Uh, Well, Zeus is the god, the father god, that is honoured at the Olympic Games that took place in a place called Olympia, which is uh, southern Greece at the bottom there. And uh, because they took place in Olympia... Uh, these were known as the Olympic Games. And the games that were held here uh, every four years, that might sound familiar to some of us, um, were held here. It was in honour of this God because he was, he was the father of all gods. And I'm thankful that the, the God of gods is Jesus Christ according to the scriptures and my Heavenly Father, I can call him Abba Father. And as the Bible teaches us, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, this Zeus God was a a God from a distance. He was the big uh, Father God. But there was no uh, way of connecting with him on a personal level. God who is our Heavenly Father, for those of us that are Christians, we can know him in a very personal way. And we can call him Abba, Father. We can call him Dad. There's something very special about being called Dad. That's an exclusive word that belongs to every father that has the, every man that has the privilege of having children. He has the privilege of being called Dad. Abba, Abba Father. And, and, um, and God the Father wants to be your heavenly Father if you'll place your faith in him as Saviour. So we have uh, the Olympic Games that were held in Olympia 
Um, this is a bronze statue of him that we noted on our little tour. Uh, there are no ruins there in Olympia today, archaeological remains of that stadium, but this is a stadium uh, in Athens itself that we got to see. And uh, this is a very famous uh, stadium. It is the uh, stadium, sporting stadium there in Athens, and it was on this ground, uh, this uh, area, that they've been having... Uh, athletic events since uh, 4 BC and, uh, and, and then in 1896 when the, there was the first of the modern Olympic Games, um, they were held on this particular site. Upgraded, of course. Uh, today it's a little tourist site and back in 2004 when Greece hosted the Olympic Games in Athens, some events were held at this site. So to visit this little site here gives you a bit of an idea of an Olympic stadium, okay? And uh, it's, it's all very, very interesting. So Zeus was honoured at the Games at Olympia, and then there was another god by the name of Apollo. Apollo uh, he was honoured at games that took place in a place called Delphi. Delphi is about, according to Google, a day's walk from Corinth. <laughs> okay, And this was the place where you went to if you wanted wisdom, you wanted direction. And, uh, and they had here games that were known as the Pythian Games. And, and during these games, you honoured the god Apollo. And here is a picture of a ramp leading up to the altar where once upon a time was the god Apollo. God, the god Apollo was a multitasking god. Uh, he was a roving god. He was, he was the god of just about anything and everything. He was the god of the sun and the god of the light and god of music and god of art and god of truth and god of healing, god of prophecy. Uh, that's the god you went to if you, if you wanted to, to be purified, if you wanted to be uh, purified of all your sins, you go to this god, God Apollo. So he was a pretty important character, very talented, very gifted. Uh, my Bible tells me that only God can forgive sins. And the Bible teaches us that we have forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ. But God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And may I assure you, it's not Apollo that forgives, it's God the Son that forgives because he shed his blood for our sin. So there at Delphi, uh, they held the games that were known as the Pythian Games. Um, and, and of course, there was a stadium. Every stadium was in view of the God. Okay, so if you could just envision the temple would be large enough, the God would be large enough, so he can oversee the games. He can view and that athlete would compete in honour of that god. See? So uh, here at Delphi is a stadium, and um, uh, these are some of the little pictures of that stadium. The word stadium is a word that is, is metric. It basically, it's like the word metre or kilometre. It means some measurement. 
Um, so basically, whenever you, wherever you have a stadium, then you have a track that's approximately 192 to 196 metres long. That's the idea anyway. Okay? So every stadium, if it's a stadium, it is basically always the same length. Now, the seating capacity might vary. This, this stadium here uh, only seats about 6,500 people. So, uh, a relatively small seating capacity. So, at this stadium, competitors um, would uh, race in honour of the god Apollo. And then uh, there was a, another stadium which was known as the Nemean Stadium. This stadium was about 30 kilometres away from Corinth. So when we read in Corinth, verses like, turn with me please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, please. When you read a verses like this, note here, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24... Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Okay, everybody knew about Delphi. People went there to attain wisdom. It was a day's walk. But uh, this uh, particular uh, stadium in a place called Nemea was only about 30 uh, kilometres away, southwest of Corinth. So when the Apostle Paul made statements like, uh, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. There is only one prize. There is only first place and no other. Everybody understood. It was a part of their culture. They understood uh, athletic events. They understood uh, main events. They understood. And the Apostle Paul uses this to draw the analogy, verse 25, Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. He, he disciplines himself. Now they, note, do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible crown. So he draws the analogy from that which they understood, they were familiar with, this idea of running in a stadium to earn a crown of which people uh, were involved in and worshipping the goddess Nike, hoping that she'll give them that victory. But the Apostle Paul said, they run to obtain a perishable crown, but we run our race to, to attain an incorruptible crown that will not perish. At Nemea, uh, these particular games were in honour of Zeus and one of his sons, his son, by the name of uh, Heracles, um, is the Greek uh, name. The Roman name might be a bit more familiar, Hercules. Okay, didn't you know that uh, uh, Zeus's son is Hercules? Uh, Zeus had many sons. Uh, Zeus had one wife, Hera was her name, but um, Zeus didn't have um, Hercules to Hera, he had... Uh, Hercules to one of his mistresses. Uh, this Zeus had many mistresses, uh, but he had one wife. Okay, so Hercules was a son of Zeus. Hercules is the god of strength. 
God of power. And, um, and, uh, and, and he is honoured at this particular uh, stadium. Now, let's talk about Zeus for a moment. I don't think he's a reliable character. I don't think that's the type of God you want to follow and worship. Would you all agree with me? Uh, one that is unfaithful, that has many mistresses. Uh, I don't think that's what you want in a God. But may I assure you, my friend, this morning, there is a God in heaven who is faithful, is dependable. And the Bible teaches us that his faithfulness is great, is great. And if you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, he will be true to you. He will not betray you. But not Zeus. So this particular set of games here at uh, Nemea, known as the Nepean Games, were in honour of Zeus and his son Hercules. And while we were in Ephesus, um, it was interesting that we were able to, to see uh, this little pathway, gateway, which is known as the, Herc uh, the Hercules Gate. And it was constructed in honour of the god Hercules. Hercules, the god of strength. See? And, uh, and if you're able to see, uh, in the middle of the two pillars, you'll find a lion's head. See, Hercules... Um, was victorious in killing a lion. So he's honoured here at Ephesus as, as the god of strength. So if you want strength, then you look to Hercules. Uh, but my Bible tells me that God alone is all-powerful and that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love of a sound mind. And in Jesus Christ, we can live victorious. But within this ancient uh, Greek culture that had no time for the one true and living God, they were looking to Hercules for their strength. And here at Ephesus, he is honoured with uh, lion heads, uh, the, him holding a lion's head, uh, that he was victorious over the lion. And it's also interesting that on top of this gate, you guessed it, Nike. Nike covers the Hercules gate because it was Nike that helped out Hercules to be victorious and, and, and to accomplish so much. Um, so that's uh, another side. And then there is another uh, main games known as the Ithnian games. Uh, this particular uh, site is very close to Corinth, only um, about nine kilometres away from Corinth, close to the water. And the patron god for this particular uh, set of uh, Greek games is the god Poseidon. You've heard of Poseidon, the god of the seas. We have Poseidons across the road, don't we, uh, that make our fish and chips for us. Poseidon is the god of the seas, the god of storms, the god of earthquakes, the god of horses. And, and, and these games being so close to the water, the uh, Ithmian games, uh, the god of Poseidon is their patron. 
Um, he is the patron of anybody on the waters. He is the patron of the seafarers. Okay, so if you are involved in traveling over water, you would look to Poseidon as your patron saint. He is the one that you would worship in, in order to, to, to be safe and to be cared for while you are on the waters. Uh, my Bible tells me in Proverbs 21, uh, 31, the horse is prepared against their battle, but safety is of the Lord. See, we don't look to Poseidon to protect us on the waters of life. Our God promises to protect us on the waters of life. So each of these stadiums that I've mentioned, uh, Olympia, Delphi, uh, Nimea, Ithmia, these were the main four Greek games. And they were on a four-year cycle. The Olympic Games was number one and... Um, the uh, Ithmian Games and the, uh, the Nemeo Games were on year two and year four, and on year three were the games there at, at Delphi, the Pythian Games. And that was the cycle. And Greeks used these games as one of the ways of measuring time. Uh, but it's, I just want to stress the fact, my friend, this morning, that the Corinthians... The Corinthians were familiar with these games. They had two sets of main games within 30 kilometres away and another uh, set of games, a day's walk away. They understood this idea of, of running a race. They understood this idea of honouring their God as they competed. And they wanted to win because they wanted to honour their God, whether it be... Uh, Zeus or Apollo or Hercules or Poseidon. But we run our race to honour the one and true and living God, do we not? The Bible teaches us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God has called us to run a race. God has called us to run a race. Even though people could compete in all of these games that I've mentioned this morning, they were available to all Greek citizens and later to, obviously, Roman citizens, it wasn't physically possible for a, an, an athlete to compete in all the games. You had to be wealthy, obviously, and the time and means to travel to these places to compete in these games. Now the difference for us as Bible-believing Christians, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 12 please, is that God calls us to run one race. Note there in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 once again. The Bible teaches us, let us run with patience the race. The race. If you were a Greek citizen and you had wealth behind you, you could compete in any of these games and be victorious. And in doing so, you would honour that particular God. The difference is for you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, we are to run one race. A race. The race that God has set before us. Not any race, that one 
particular race that he has set before us. Now look closely there in, in um, verse number 1 of chapter 12 once again. The Bible reads, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. While we were in Turkey, we went to this place called Athrodisius. Here at this location, they worshipped the god of love, Athrodite. The god of love, Athrodite, the goddess of love, I should say. And, uh, and at this particular site, there was also a stadium. And uh, this stadium was very large. It could seat up to 40,000 people. 40,000 people. And uh, we had the privilege of being there and getting a clear perspective of what it would have been like to, to be in one of these stadiums. And my friend, the Bible teaches us for those of us that have received Jesus Christ as personal Saviour, the Bible teaches us that God has given us a race to run. And that race is specific for you. Okay, It's not the same as my race. It's an individual race given over to you. See, note here in verse number 1, please, of Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about being surrounded by, compassed about or surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now what's that referring to? That's referring back to chapter 11. In chapter 11 we have a listing of various individuals. Each one had one thing in common. They ran a special race. They ran a special race for their God. And each one had a particular race to win. Now, if we had time, we would talk about Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation. And it's through the Jewish nation that God provided a saviour. We can talk about Noah. Noah ran his race. His race was to build an ark because God was going to judge the world. That was his race. And the list goes on and on. Each of these individuals ran their race. And that's why verse 1 of chapter 12 reads, Wherefore seeing we also are surrounded about by such a great cloud of witnesses, in light of this we need to run the race that God has for us. Within the games, these Greek games, the Olympic games, Nemean um, and the others. And there were other games throughout Greece. There were regular games in Athens, of course. The events varied. Okay? There was always a variety of events. There was running, there was wrestling, there was boxing, there was horse racing, there was chariot racing, there was long jump, there was discus throwing, there was uh, spear throwing. There was also uh, uh, singing and uh, 
poetry, reciting poetry as well. These were all part of games, official games. And my friend, may I submit to you that just like the ancient games had a variety of events, the Apostle Paul said you need to run the race that God has given for you to run. And here in Hebrews chapter 12, the author makes reference to all of these individuals that ran their race. Ran their race. Let us run the race that God has set before us. So God has a specific race for you and I to run. Now what was common to all of these athletes, these spiritual athletes mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 12 is found in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Each of these uh, men and women of God had one thing in common and that point of commonness was their faith in the one and true living God. They obeyed God's word resting in his promises, understanding the fact that as it reads there in Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. So by faith each hero of the faith ran their race. Their faith was in God. And we are to run our race knowing that we are victors. And because we are victors in Christ, by faith we obey God. We do what God has called us to do. We run that race that is set before us. So God has a, a race for you and I. The basis of that spiritual race is faith. Faith in God. We receive salvation by faith and we walk by faith as Abraham did, as Noah did of old. But as I've already mentioned a number of times here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, it talks about a cloud of witnesses. We had to run our race being mindful of those that are looking on. They are our cloud of witnesses. They are our mentors. They are our inspiration. They encourage us to keep going. They stand in the grandstand of heaven, cheering you and I on. There's Abraham, there's Moses, there's Noah, and the list goes on and on, in the grandstand, wanting you and I to run that race that God has set before us. So wherefore we are surrounded by such a, a great cloud of witnesses, now, having people watch you compete can be nerve-wracking. It can be. But once you get over that and you ignore them, <laughs> having people there has a way of uh, encouraging, inspiring, energizing you to do your best. And you and I as God's people are called to run a race. God has a race for each one. 
here this morning to run. The issue is, are you running the race that God has for you? Because you have spectators that are watching. They're cheering you. They're wanting to encourage you. They want you to complete the race. They want you to win the race. In fact, they know that you will win the race if you'll just run the race that God has for you. But note then in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, it goes on to say, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. He talks about weights, he talks about sin here. He's referring to that which hinders, that which will hold one back, that which hinders us from doing our best for God's glory. And there are two categories, weights and sins. That which is not necessarily sinful, but a weight. But then he also makes reference to that which is a violation of the word of God. So there are weights, there are sins that potentially hold you and I back from running that race to the best of our ability for God's glory. Now not that I'm endorsing or nor would I like to see again athletes competing naked as they did in the ancient games. These games were only, uh, uh, you only had male uh, athletes, no female athletes, but you, you competed without any clothing, which is hard to believe. That's how it was. And people knew that. And when the scriptures read, laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset. See, within the Greek culture, the body was the the uh, supreme. They were humanists to the core within Greek philosophy. They worshipped the body. So an athlete in preparing to compete would obviously be disciplined and, and in theory have a good-looking body and that was to be paraded fully as you competed. Now people understood this. And that's why there's the analogy of setting aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So no athlete in losing could say, well, it was because of my shoes I didn't win. Because I had Adidas instead of Nike, I didn't win. <laughs> no excuses. See? The only event that they wore clothing was the four-horse chariot race. They wore clothing for that and females were allowed to be involved in that one, by the way. The only event, main event. And beloved, for you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, and if we want to run that race that God has set before us, we need to lay aside every weight and the sin that is holding us back. And there might be some of us here this morning that are not running that race as we, as we should be running our race because we've got weights and we've got sin unaddressed in our lives. 
Verse 1 goes on to read, run with patience. Patience. This patience encompasses strength, endurance. Strength and endurance. This is why the Greeks honoured the God of Hercules, because he was the God of strength, endurance. He was given some difficult tasks to, to take care of, and he... And he won, and he was victorious. He endured. So within the Greek mind, they see Hercules, strength, endurance. And my friend, could it be said of you and I in Jesus Christ that there is, there is strength in the person of Christ? But we need to run our race with patience, do we not? We need to endure. We need to endure. There's a vase here. This was the prize for that one that won the four-horse chariot race. This is what they got. And guess what it was filled with? Extra virgin olive oil. Gold. Pure gold. That's what you got if you won the four-horse chariot race. And the games always ended with the four-horse chariot race. That was the grand finale of any of these main games. If you go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, the Bible teaches us, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, I've stressed the fact that within the ancient games, they were competitive, but there was always a religious element to it. Each athlete competed in honour of a God. Those within the church at Corinth, these believers within the biblical sin, they understood that any athlete, all athletes were religious. They were religious. Otherwise, why would they waste their time practicing and training to just win a race? To just get a gold medal they can put in their mouth and smile. That's what they do today, don't they? You can never understand that. What a stupid thing to do with medal. They did it because they wanted approval from their God. Whether it's Zeus or whether it's Apollos or whether it's Poseidon or whether it's Hercules, they wanted the blessing of God upon their life. And that's why the Bible reads, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. We run our race not for the God of Poseidon. Not for the God of Zeus. We run our race for Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. And just like these old games were, were, um, were held in honour of the gods, 
you and I need to be mindful that we are to run our race with patience, looking unto Jesus. Because as I mentioned earlier, within all of these games, a God was in view of the stadium. And you could see the God. And that was your motivation. That's who you wanted to honour. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it reads, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm going to run my race in honour of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the analogy. That's the background. In Jesus Christ, we are victors. And because we are victors, we are called to run a race. I'm trying to run the race that God's given to me. My race is pastoring. This is my race. You are part of my race. God has given you a race to run. And how sad that in history past there were individuals that sincerely looked to a the honour of their God. They ran their race. And yet we have Christians today that are not running their race, number one, and they're not running their race in a way in which their God is honoured. Because he sees everything. We know there's no such thing as Zeus God. Do you agree with me? Okay, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Myth God. Myth. Apollo, myth. Hercules, myth. Poseidon, myth. But our God is the one true and living God. So let's run that race that God has set before us, beloved. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God the Father. Beloved, run the race that God has set for you looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's bow for prayer.